Er globaliseringen fortsatt i full utveckling i världen eller ser vi nå en deglobalisering finner sted? I dag möter jag Egypts ambassadör till Norge och Island, hans excellens Amr Ramadan på hans kontor till en perspektivdannande samtale så vi kan ha insikt om vilken retning världen är er på väg. Följ gott med. Ambassador, Your Excellency Amr Ramadan, Ambassador of Egypt to Norway and Iceland. It's so good to be with you again for the third time in my TV show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure is mine. I'm so proud to be with you again, Pass. Thank you, sir. And I'm getting a lot of great response from our first two shows together uh, with all the perspectives and knowledge that you have conveyed, uh, which uh, really for you probably is daily, daily uh, talk, but for, for the viewers is really helpful to understand. Thank you. Thanks to you again and to your uh, viewers because that uh, allow me to outreach to more than I can do from my office uh, with the Norwegian friends. So thank you very much. You know, I, I, I found that uh, uh, being with a, a, a knowledgeable, uh, experienced uh, diplomat like yourself uh, expands my horizons. Uh, so I've, I've, uh, I remember uh, maybe even three years ago, I would have trouble really talking uh, constructively about Islamophobia because I was afraid of how to position myself. But now I understand, hey, this is something we have to stand against together. And uh, so thank you for stretching me and helping me. Thank Sir, you. I read in the papers that you uh, spoke at the so-called Arendals Uka, Arendals Week, which is like a, a annual a business driven uh, uh, discussions forum in Norway every year. Uh, you, you spoke in a panel about deglobalization, globalization, integration, or isolation. Mm. Big terms. Mm. But something in me resounded. I thought this must be a topic I must ask the ambassador to, to, to share about. Yeah, that's uh, very much true. We had the, I was invited by the International Forum here in Oslo uh, f- to participate uh, in one session during Arendal that the International Forum headed by Mrs. Anita Baratap uh, to discuss this issue. I was among uh, other four uh, participants or speakers at the event. Uh, it was called Ambassadors Roundtable, and uh, we had also uh, attendees from different uh, uh, areas uh, and fields who are already uh, in Arundel. And uh, I found actually the topic quite interesting. The, the question that was posed during that meeting on deglobalization and whether the world is deglobalizing or moving towards greater uh, globalization. So. Uh, without infringing on the International Forum uh, IP uh, on the topic. I guess this topic, the way it was uh, framed and the way I would like to discuss it with you today as a topic is that uh, there are symptoms uh, and factors that we see and witness and we live every day, but we do not necessarily describe as deglobalization. We are dealing with them as uh, separate uh, character or characteristic of today's life 
uh, but we never thought of them in, in a way that will characterize them together as a, a source of deglobalization or manifestation of deglobalization, to be more uh, accurate. And uh, we all remember that uh, in, the, in recent history, I mean contemporary history, we had the uh, fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989 followed by the application of internet on uh, worldwide application in April 93, if I recall correctly. And then all the obstacles, all the walls start uh, falling. Uh, you have better communication between people, more travel, uh, more culture. Uh, people would listen to different culture, to different opinion through media, through internet, uh, through other forms of people traveling, conferences and so on. Uh, and that has changed a little bit the world. Let me ask you, sir. Sure. So, to, to underscore, so globalization, as we know it, seems to have really uh, uh, become a factor from 89 to 93. This is uh, the recent, I would say, uh, wave, because uh, some people, even in, in historians, say that globalization is when People trade when the Vikings mm. used to go to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that's part of globalization. Trade and plundered. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And uh, that is globalization. But the, the current move of globalization was that of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, that's the one we are living in. Uh, so uh, let's focus on that yeah. because I don't want to go back in history uh, that much on this issue. Uh, maybe people think that globalization is a new term. It's not a new term in, in that sense, because there have been different ways, as I said. But in, in the recent one, uh, we have seen this happening. And uh, the main slogan is that we, uh, that we use in environment discussions, for example, is to think globally and act locally. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the world is interdependent. You can no longer live alone or uh, without uh, trading with other partners without communicating with other countries around you. Either they are geographically close or they are geographically far. And that I think is, is very much true. We have uh, been living in this. We can see if we go even here in Norway, if you go to any, I would say, market or shop, you'll find products from all over the globe, not just from Scandinavia or, or Norwegian products. If you open TV or switch to the radio, you listen to people from different places discussing different topics. So the world has opened, that's for sure. We, we are not discussing that. And there has been manifestation, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, on people traveling, uh, you have international conferences, uh, and so on. Uh, politically, the interdependence has increased. Uh, we have seen the world has come together to do things uh, collectively be it uh, more on disarmament, more on environment, more in economic development uh, and, and other areas uh, like, for example, how to protect the oceans, which belong to no one, but to all of us. Yeah. So there is this global uh, action uh, together that is, I think, is apparent in the last uh, 20 to 30 years. And which is in itself many good things. Of, that, of course, right? of course. This is how you bring the humanity together to do things uh, together that affects them all with different, of course, uh, magnitude in different parts. Take mm -hmm. the refugee crisis, for example, yeah. uh, and, and the flood of uh, some migrants to Europe and how Europe initially reacted. That is a little bit frightened. Then some countries open up uh, uh, gradually, Germany, Sweden, then lately Norway to, to, to try to 
accommodate those uh, uh, human beings who have problems where they live. Exactly. Now, even uh, Norway and Egypt, I mean, far apart, but there are, there's a lot of coming together, which is also a, a positive. That, of course, is a positive thing. Egypt and Norway has good political relations, strong one. Uh, we have common values that we share together, working towards peace, towards reconciliation of conflicts, uh, on disarmament, on, uh, even on environment. Uh, and Egypt is hosting the uh, climate change meeting summit on the 7th of November, next November, in Sharm el-Sheikh. This is the United Nations mm -hmm. uh, Conference okay. on Climate Change. We are hosting That's the 27th session. I need yeah. to go there. <laughs> Please do. You have an open invitation. You need to register. <laughs> I'll give you the link to register Thank you, afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, and also on, on other areas, development issues, uh, uh, human rights issues, and so on, women issues. Yeah. So we have a lot in common that we, we can do. Uh, economically, there is a cooperation also going between Egypt and Norway, uh, especially with the private sector. Or on clean energy, for example, on uh, uh, green ammonia, on hydrogen, on uh, wind power, and, and many other areas. Exactly. Now, the, the term deglobalization uh, rings positive for me, you know, because I'm sick and tired of mm -hmm. the globalization in, in, the, in a negative sense. But is, what is it about, really? What is being deglobalized? Uh, the, there are, I mean, the world is not going in the right direction, that's for sure. I mean, we all feel that and we all sense that. So I don't think this is an issue that we need to, to debate. Yeah. So how come that after we start moving towards globalization in the 90s, now we have 30 years afterwards, things are not going. I mean, uh, either politically or economically in the, in the globe. Yeah. And... Uh, we tend to discuss each issue separately mm -hmm. uh, on its merit and we don't necessarily make the links between issues but i think it would be fair that we try to sit down and analyze what's happening and why uh, for me deglobalization is about more interdependence between mm -hmm. countries mm -hmm. a more global thinking of global issues but we find local solutions or regional solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not about living in an enclave and say this is a problem of the Middle East. I'm not, living not in Scandinavia, I don't care, it doesn't come to me. Or I will only care when it comes to my border. Mm -hmm. You can no longer do that. Yeah. And uh, that is very obvious. And uh, I remember when people started, for example, uh, I won't say suffering, but feeling the problem of cheap Chinese products coming to their market, affecting their national manufacturing capacity and, and industry, is that people thought that we can build a wall. I mean, not allow Chinese products to come in. That is not possible in, in today's world because you have free trade arrangements uh, organized under GATT. You have even bilateral uh, agreements. You have. Uh, interest of consumers that you need to cater for. They have the right also to have access to different products. Mm -hmm. So no longer that any government or any institution can start building walls. I mean, yeah. This is not the time uh, that this is doable, in, mm -hmm. in, in, at least in my lifetime. 
Uh, I don't know what will happen in 50 years uh, or 100 years. Things might change again. But uh, as far as we are concerned now, we live in a more interdependent, less barriers between countries. So with that as a global uh, character uh, or as a global phenomena, uh, you, you need to look into separate issues and see if they follow that line or they are different. So the first uh, sign of deglobalization that I, I would like to, to, to raise with you today is the issue of how we do we accept the other, yeah. how we do accept diversity. Yeah. Uh, we like talk Christians about diversity. accept Muslims. Christian, Muslim, Jews, Arabs, Europeans, uh, yeah. Asians, uh, African-Americans, you name it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you women versus men, children versus uh, uh, aging population, for example, and so on. Different manifestations. Yeah. But if you look, you find that we're not doing good in that uh, direction. Yeah. And the calls for accepting the other and even accepting diversification is going down. Mm. And uh, we see this. Uh, we see it in Europe, for example, uh, how do they accept people coming from outside Europe, uh, either Eastern Europe or East Europe or West Europe, doesn't really matter, in Europe in general, with different, of course, levels, that uh, the border control measures has been severely difficult, yeah. even, just, even before COVID. I mean, of course, COVID gave way to or unleash the powers to do so under health protection uh, uh, slogan, yeah. but uh, people were ready to do that uh, for different reasons. Um, I'm not discussing the uh, the reason, the health reason. It is there. I'm I not see. negating that, but I'm saying that it unleashed the people to go more fr uh, freely on that direction. Uh, yeah. So that is uh, is very apparent. Remember that we have an obligation uh, internationally for free movement of natural persons. That is already there under human rights law, it's there under World Trade Organization, uh, and so on. Uh, but uh, there is restriction to that. Uh, also, those who are living in different countries, like for example, uh, um, non-Europeans living in Europe or the United States or vice versa, uh, are feeling that they are less accepted yeah. uh, than before. Yeah. Uh, migrants or even people with nationality but with a different origin yeah. are also feeling that sometimes by some people, by some institution, they are uh, discriminated against. So that's why we in Norway, for example, in Oslo, where we live, uh, ha we have a lot of tensions between uh, ethnicities and uh, national backgrounds? Uh, I, I don't feel that, uh, but I, I think that in every society there is, yeah. I would say, under the vision uh, yeah. or uh, things happening under what everybody can see yeah. uh, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to work, mm -hmm. when it comes to people getting together, mm -hmm. there might be some sensitivity uh, in there. Yeah. But as far as the laws and the constitution provide for every country, mm -hmm. you find that it's right to be equal, yeah. try not to discriminate. Exactly. The, the challenge is that 
be transferred into real life. I mean, yeah. what you have in the law is what's happening in the street. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a challenge for all of us, not just exactly. Europe or Africa or Middle East. It's a challenge for all of us. So I think that we need to do something about that. And uh, my f- worry is that this gap is increasing. Yeah. And it has been increasing uh, in the last uh, 10 years more than ever before. And uh, if you look, for example, to one of the reports by Annalyn Foundation, which yes. takes headquarters in Alexandria, Egypt, former, my city. Uh, Swedish uh, yes, foreign, foreign minister. minister. Uh, the, the organization is named uh, uh, after her name, is that uh, they had a report, I think uh, there was a third, their third report on the Mediterranean region. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in 2018, and they actually uh, highlighted that uh, this gap is increasing and more needs to be done on both sides of the Mediterranean uh, to ease that uh, gap. And the issue of uh, not accepting the other, of uh, stereotyping, of uh, building information based on internet and media outlets that are not authenticated in what they are conveying in terms of message have led to both sides or some people here, some people there, not understanding fully what the other side is thinking on, on, on one thing or on one another, mm-hmm. which led to this rise again of, of tension and less acceptance of uh, diversity. Yeah. You actually said that uh, in your speech in uh, Ardenal that uh, uh, people are sick and tired of this. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there are, I mean, I just mentioned one element, which is diversity, and the other element is free trade. Yeah. Uh, And we don't see more happening on that uh, ground as well, after maybe what I call saturation of uh, free trade level. Uh, Saturation, okay. The world is fine with what it has, doesn't need to go further. And uh, nobody say that, everybody say we need to do further, but they need to go on topics of their own interest. Exactly. And to go backwards on issues that are sensitive to them. Yeah. But as a global community, again, the last round of trade negotiations, of free trade negotiations, was the Doha round in 2001, which was launched in 2001. And uh, there has been nothing since then, so it's almost 21 years now. And there hasn't been many achievements of that round as well, uh, to bring it to conclusion, which was one of the last, uh, what we call single undertaking round, where you discuss many areas together. You discuss, for example, agriculture, industry, uh, uh, IP, uh, and and other areas, services, and so on. So... Now you have, you still have ministerial meetings of the World Trade Organization, you do have the ministers meeting, but you don't have more liberalization when it comes to to trade. We have an unfinished business, for example, uh, since the Uruguay round on uh, liberalizing the agriculture, uh, trade in agriculture. The agricultural sector is highly protected in Europe, in Norway, and in in other uh, developed countries, while they want to uh, re- remove all barriers when it comes to industrial products, for example, that they can export because they have a, an edge and benefit there in exporting to developing countries and, and other countries. 
So uh, that is happening. We can see it uh, in terms of, of, of trade liberalization. I remember early 90s and throughout also the early 2000s that there has been a move towards having more free trade agreements. Uh, we were talking about transatlantic arrangements and so on. That I don't hear anymore. Yeah. And uh, maybe saturation is a word or uh, people are quite happy with what they have now and they don't want to move forward in that. Uh, then we see the tensions with China when it comes to trade. For example, the US-China tensions yeah. on, on That's trade. become a classic. A classic and so on. Uh, a third element that I would say is also, uh, for me, is an indication of deglobalization, which is the economic situation. Yeah. Uh, many, uh, I mean, developing countries and even emerging markets were told yeah. by the pro-globalization uh, advocates is that globalization bring benefits to everybody mm. and you will you should wait until you reap the benefit of globalization to your economies to your i mean basically to your industry and so on uh, i'm not quite sure that this has happened exactly and uh, many people around the globe hasn't yet reaped that benefit uh, and some have even gone uh, in, a, in a worse situation uh, I want to share with you but just few figures, uh, which would... Uh, the World Bank uh, put global extreme poverty, these are people living under $2 or 1.90 cent uh, a day, has declined from 1.9 billion people, 1.9, almost 2 billion people, in 1990, to about only 736 million in 2015. Mm -hmm. We have a decline in people living under poverty, which is a very good sign. And it, now it reached at that time, 2015, 8% of the global population in 2018. Mm -hmm. So from 2015, you reached in three years, uh, you reached eight, only 8.6 are living under poverty line. Uh, then that Trend has interrupted by COVID. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we see a reverse to the trend that more people are getting into poverty now wow. uh, after a sharp decline in, in, the, in the decade. That economic situation uh, made a lot of people, especially in developing countries, are sick of globalization yeah. because it doesn't bring them any benefit. Yeah. It's actually they see themselves being more affected by global problems. Today, when you talk about the global uh, the supply chain, for example, and how it affected uh, many products that are not available in the markets, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, in the Americas and elsewhere, uh, prices being surging uh, when it comes to wheat, when it comes to basic food stuff, stuff. <coughs> even car prices has, has surged uh, and uh, material other materials like construction material and so on. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Uh, people see that they are getting the bad part of globalization, yeah. that yeah. they are only reaping the bad or the negative effects, but yeah. they are not reaping the good effects or the positive effects. Exactly. So people are somehow also sick of that, yeah. uh, of, of why we are not seeing any 
improvement over 30 years uh, when it comes to, of course, many of us have done good over those 30 years. Uh, things have, uh, I mean, developed in a good way. But generally speaking, if you take the situation and try to analyze it global-wise or regional-wise, we are not better. May I ask you, sir, uh, maybe this is a, a too, too uh, direct question for you as an ambassador, but uh, would there be truth in my assumption that the problem for the rest of the world is that U.S. and Europe are uh, setting the standard all the time? Uh, in what sense? Of keeping the riches with us. No, because there, is a, there are poor people in, in your societies as well. And yeah. There is a lot of marginalized or uh, middle class or even below middle class that are suffering to survive. Uh, Europe and the US are quite an expensive uh, societies mm -hmm. to live in. And uh, of course, the benefit you have is a social scheme, which yeah. will cater for those who are outside yeah. the labor force. Uh, at least for a while. Uh, the, not uh, other other countries not necessarily have that kind of resources, yeah. uh, especially with countries with high population. Uh, yeah. They cannot, for example, if they have let's assume nine percent uh, uh, unemployment yeah. in a country of two hundred million. Yeah. Uh, I won't name that country, but let's assume a sure. country of two hundred million which is not Egypt, by the way, but uh, we have half of that. But let's assume you have 9% uh, unemployment. That, how many people? That 18 million people. Yeah. So how are you going to have a scheme that would cover 18 million people? How much money you need? And whether those governments have that amount of money that they can cater for that kind of scheme. So uh, you need to have job opportunities. Uh, schemes are good, but not everybody can afford to have working scheme, functional one, uh, but you need to have a strong uh, employment uh, sector, I mean sectors that would absorb those entering labor force every year from younger uh, population. Uh, just one, one last thing on, on decolonization that is, I mentioned three, which is uh, yes. diversity, trade and uh, economic situation. The fourth I would like to to, to mention today is a global tension that we have seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. And uh, we have a socio-economic problem, we have a global political problem yeah. in the tension how the world should look like. Yeah. Should it be uh, one pole uh, international order or uh, more than one centered uh, po uh, poles and so on. Uh, I think that these tensions are increasing. Yeah. And again, they are not uh, decreasing. And the Russian invasion of Ukraine just last February mm. is came to add to it. It's not the reason for it. Exactly. It just came to add to it. This has, we have been witnessing in the last 10 years or so that we have more conflicts, we have more tensions in different regions than before. Yeah. And uh, there is change in the world that always happens. Uh, for example, the center of power does change. And uh, we have seen before World War War, after World War One, mm. World War Two, mm. after World War II. Uh, for example, the status of uh, UK and France before the Second World War is not the same as after exactly. the war. The status of Russia before the fall of the Berlin Wall is not the same 
as after the uh, after that date and i think today we are witnessing a slight change in the center of power and uh, the rise of uh, the east uh, both china and russia and other emerging markets in the in the far east um, some decline in some circles and uh, there is resistance to that kind of change which by the way is a normal change that has always happened in history but the resistance to to keep the status quo or to try to make that change more i would say static yeah. rather than dynamic and uh, to push it for back might lead us to world war ii yeah. world war three in that yeah. case uh, so this is an issue i think that uh, requires uh, people above my payroll to to, yeah. to have a fair look at uh, that uh, the world is not heading to the right direction more tensions are coming uh, for example i don't see anybody trying to do anything about bringing russia and ukraine together except for the last meeting of the secretary general but uh, of the united nations but even countries like norway which uh, the reconciliation and peace is a major centerpiece in its foreign policy were not unfortunately able to play that role so exactly far because they would require uh, that both sides ask them to do so yeah. and that call hasn't come as far as i know and uh, we need to less lesser the tension that the world is suffering from exactly ambassador again you have uh, enlightened me and my viewers and bringing perspective to uh, what's going on in the world. So I must thank you. And, thanks uh, to you and thanks to the viewers for listening. And I hope for, uh, for another uh, cup of uh, Egyptian coffee with you in the <laughs> not too distant uh, future. Thank you so much. Sir. Thank you. Thanks God bless you. you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thank you.